0: So this morning we are uh, continuing in our series, Dirt Matters, focusing on our faith. And the focus of this series is looking at the values that we hold dear here at Six Line Church. And it's our values that remind us of the type of culture, the type of community we want to cultivate through and by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Values guide our behavior and our decision-making. See, belief doesn't become a behavior until it becomes a value, something that's important to us. And so the last time that we were in this series, we looked at our first value, which is experience God's grace. And here's how we stated that value. It says, we value the free gift of salvation in Christ Jesus and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And the way that we understood this value or understand this value is that grace is reaching you where you are and taking you where God wants you to be and that's how we view everyone that God is working in everyone's life and so we don't just extend grace to people we like right we extend our the grace to that neighbor who drives us crazy right or maybe that classmate that gets on our nerves for me it's my siblings and I really interesting that it's I I found and that it's harder to extend grace to my family than it is to a stranger. And so, but that is the value of grace that we extend it to everyone. And so this morning we're gonna look at another value, which is relying on God. And here's how we state it: we confess our dependence on God for everything and seek to deepen our intimacy with Him. By living prayerfully. And so, this to me means that prayer is an attitude of God consciousness and God surrender that we carry with us all the time. Every waking moment is to be lived in an awareness that God is with us and that He is actively involved and engaged in our thoughts and actions. See, living prayerfully to me is more than just using our words, and using our words in those times of prayer is so important, and I'm not discounting that. It's it's a part of what prayer is about. But prayer is much more than just using our words. Have you ever been into a worship service where you've seen people raise their hands during that time of worship? And so uh, this actually is the international symbol for surrender. And it's not like God is holding a gun to us and saying, raise your hands. But what it is for me is that in that moment of worship, I am praying to God. I'm letting God know. When when I raise my hands, I'm letting him know I surrender. Because surrender tells God, Lord, I can't, but you can. And that is why I lay down everything before you. And I am so glad that prayer is more than just words because I've always been intimidated by prayer. When I was young in my youth group, you know, I had these two friends and, man, did they know how to pray, right? These prayers were deep. They were rich. And every time it seemed that every time there was that, you know, that awkward moment where all of a sudden you have to pray out loud. And I always got stuck beside my friends. And so my, friend, my first friend would say this really rich prayer. And then my other friend would say this really deep prayer. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? All I said at one time, I said, ditto in Jesus' name, (laughs) right? I didn't know what else to say because I was so intimidated by what the they prayed. And I think that's true for all of us. I think that we can be intimidated by prayer because we don't think maybe we're not saying the right words or we think that there's some sort of formula or order that we need to use and we're just messing it up. And sometimes I wonder if we have this image that Jesus is there with his clipboard and he's listening to our prayers and he's going, oh, wait a second, right? He's talking to the other apostles. He's going, wait a second. Did you hear? She didn't say that word. Or or he didn't end the prayer in the way that we want him to end the prayer. And so, well, we just can't answer that prayer. We can't intervene with that prayer because they're not uh, praying correctly. Or maybe you're afraid that you might be praying during the wrong time of day. Growing up, I had this impression that God only answered the prayers that are prayed wee early in the morning, those wee moments in the morning that you have to get up before the, before the sun rises. And I am not a morning person. You can ask to that, right? You remember those, I'm gonna date myself now, but remember those commercials that they used to have where, you know, about joining the army and they would say that, we do more by 9 a.m. than you do all day? It's the reason why I didn't join the army. <laughs> right? I'm not a morning person. That's Krista. I'm like, I don't even know if Holy Spirit's up this early. Right? Why am I up that early? And so when we think we can't get prayer right, or that we're using it wrong or using the wrong words, our prayer life goes stale. And when our prayer life goes stale, our relationship with Jesus goes stale. And when we seem that our, our relationship with Jesus is stale, our prayer life is stale, we just feel like we're just going through the motions. And this is not how I want us here at Six Line Church to describe our prayer life, because prayer is necessary and it's indispensable. And so I want us all to experience the fullness and the meaningful prayer life by seeking to deepen our intimacy with God by living prayerfully and what got me started thinking about this holistically is actually what Paul said to the church in his letter to the Thessalonians and this is in verse uh, chapter 5 verse 17 he says prayer or pray sorry without ceasing and when I first read that I thought that's impossible how can someone pray without ceasing That means you have to talk all the time. That was my impression. Now, some of you are probably thinking, hey, you know what? I know someone who probably could talk all the time. So it may be possible. But for me, I'm thinking this is impossible. Because I was thinking that prayer is only with our words. And prayer is so much more than that. Prayer, and this is how I would like us to define prayer here, Prayer involves positioning ourselves in the presence of God. And it is our response to experiencing his presence. And there's a really good example of this in the Old Testament. So I'm going to pray before we open up the text. Father, we thank you for your written word because it leads us to your living word, Jesus. And this morning we are talking about how we can position ourselves in your presence and then also respond to that experience of being in your presence this morning we want to live prayerfully we want to be aware of you all throughout the day that we can see you working and moving and uh, how you're guiding us and so lord i just thank you for that that you love us so much that you want us to be in your presence just thinking about that is just just awesome in that sense that you are the creator of all things that you've created us and that you love us so much that you just want to be with us and so, Lord, I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles or whatever you use to read the text, it could be a digital Bible. I want you to turn to uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is like the fifth book of the Bible of the Old Testament. It is known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. And we're looking at chapter 6. We're only looking at a couple of verses this morning. And this is, uh, uh, these two verses, you can highlight the whole, the whole of the two verses here. And here's what, here's what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And this prayer, this is actually a prayer, and it's known as the Shema. And it's a, that, a prayer that is recited two or three times throughout the day. It was also a prayer that the martyrs uh, prayed before someone or whatever the establishment took their lives. And it's also a prayer for those who were about to die. Jesus actually recites this prayer in the Gospels. And Shema, what it means is listening. The prayer is actually named after the first word of the prayer, which is here. Right? So Shema doesn't mean, it doesn't mean a passive listening. In a better translation I would, I would use is pay attention. So the author is saying, pay attention, O Israel. And we can actually stick our name in that uh, instead of Israel's name. Because paying attention is probably the hardest thing to do uh, when you're in the presence of God. Think about it think about this way. We are always in the presence of God throughout our whole, our whole life. And yet... We also don't pay attention. We don't pay attention to what he's actually trying to speak to us about. And the reasons, I think, is because we just become too busy. Um, And so it's hard to pay attention. And I'm going to be honest with you here. I have a hard time paying attention or listening to people, let alone listening to God. When Chris and I are in a conversation, as he's speaking to me, you know, instead of me listening or paying attention to what she says, I usually jump ahead because I think I know what she's going to say, and I try to finish her sentences. That's right. I'm one of those husbands, right? Or i already formulating my response and not really listening to what she's saying. That's why I'm taking the marriage course. And we can be the same with God. We can be so preoccupied with our own thoughts and our own ideals that we're not paying attention to what God wants to speak into our lives. And we're just going on throughout our day oblivious to how God just wants us to be uh, paying attention to him. Or when it's time to pray, what we do is we come with our preloaded prayer list. And we come with these preconceived ideals of how God is going to answer or work in those prayers. And we don't stop and wait to actually hear what God has to say. Or how does God want us to pray in that situation? And the reason is because we live in a culture that idolizes busyness and being productive. And we actually can see waiting and listening as simply wasting time. Here's what Henry Nowen says. Henry Nowen is one of my top three theologians that I I, I read and who has really molded a lot of my theology. He says this about our view on waiting. He says, waiting is not a very popular attitude. Often it, it is equated with a lack of focus or simply wasting time. But just the opposite is true. To run from meeting to meeting, social event to social event, and activity to activity reveals our true lack of focus. Listening and paying attention is the most important attitude that we can have when it comes to living prayerfully. Because God wants to form this relationship with us. He wants you to know him. One of the goals of Jesus is in his life was to, take, to make known the God that we cannot see, to sit there and say that, and to, and to establish and, and knowing, understanding that this God wants a relationship with us. There's this pastor that said this one time and it always stuck with me. He said, prayer is not a button to push, but a relationship to be pursued. Healthy relationships are never one-sided. Have you ever had a friend who just demanded so much of you? Or didn't really listen to what you had to say? Didn't care about your thoughts? or ideals that's not a relationship and if we approach prayer that way what we're doing is replacing ourselves above god believing that god is in our presence because we just demand from him without realizing that we are actually in his his presence and god is always inviting us into his presence Because the text continues and says, love, love God. And here God is inviting us, he's taking the initiative, something we talked about last time you were talking about grace and inviting us into his presence by his love. He's inviting us into relationship by responding to his love. John tells us that we love God because he first loved us. And to love God is to be devoted to God. And God has already shown his devotion to us by sending his son Jesus, who died on the cross and rose again. See, living prayerfully, to have a prayerful life, is actually being devoted to God. It's the same thing. And how do we express our devotion? The text tells us with all our heart. Now, when I think of the heart, I always think of emotions and feelings. And we have these moments in our lives where we experience these emotions and feelings. We feel joy, we we experience pain, we experience hurt. And it's these times in our lives that we could actually be angry at God. And expressing our feelings and our emotions to God is living prayerfully. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Job. In a matter of moments, Job's life fell apart. And here's how I imagine it happening in in our times. You know, Job is coming home from work, and he comes to his house, and his house is burnt down. And as soon as he runs to the house to find out what's going on, a police officer comes up to him and says, You know what, Job? Your family was in the house when it burnt down. And then all of a sudden, he gets a text right after that. He's saying, from his boss, he's saying, you know what, you're no longer employed here. And then you get an email from your bank saying, all your money's been gone, it's stolen, we've been hacked. And so this is all, in the story of Job, all this is happening at the same time, right after each other. And then Job becomes ill with boils breaking out all over his body, and there's so much pain that he actually actually has to sleep and lay down in, in ashes, so that way the boils don't get agitated. And then all of a sudden he has these friends, quotations, that come along and they start trying to encourage him by telling him all the ways he disappointed God. And this is the reason why he's in the predicament that he's in. And so the book of Job is all about these prayers that Job is praying. And they're pretty scathing uh, scathing against God. Job uses some pretty nasty language about God to God. Because he's praying out of this pain, out of these emotions, these feelings that he has. And it's really interesting, at the end of the story, God kind of speaks, or God speaks into what's happening. And he actually, he addresses his friends. And he says to his friends, he says, you better ask Job to pray for you, because if you don't, I might smite you. Because Job honored me. And I'm thinking, wait a second. Like, God, did you just hear the prayers that I've been reading? All the nasty things that Job said about you and to you? How is this honoring? It's honoring because he brought all his hurt and his pain and his frustration to God. And didn't walk away from God. So often that we go through struggles and we get angry at God and we walk away from God, not expressing to God just the pain that we're feeling at this moment. Why? And I guarantee you that if you were to meet that person 10 years from now, they would still be struggling with that pain. And when we express ourselves emotionally, emotionally, with our feelings to God, it allows God to come in and start the healing process. That is what it is to live prayerfully with our heart. But the Hebrew word "lavav," that has been translated into heart, means more than just feeling and emotion. It also includes our intellect. Ancient Israel didn't have a word for their mind, so everything came from our heart, our choices, our thoughts, our feelings. So again, I remind you that living prayerfully is having a God consciousness that we carry with us all the time, and we use our minds to do this. Some of my best prayer moments is when those moments I don't even use my voice. I'm just contemplating on who God is and what God has done in my life. And the way that that helps me to get into that contemplating state is reading the Scriptures. So often we read Scriptures because we think it's just a source of information, but it's just, that's just a small part of the intent of Scriptures. The Scriptures are intended to, to form a relationship, that God wants to form a relationship with you. It's a way of bringing you into God's presence. You know what's really interesting? is that the Bible never tells us to read the scriptures. It actually tells us to meditate on them. And meditating is paying attention. Paying attention to who God is and the relationship that God wants you to have and the life that God wants you to have. And the reason why it's so important to meditate on scriptures is because it is our mind that instructs our body. It's our mind is how we, use, how we make choices. And so it's so important to live prayerfully to use our hearts, meaning our feelings, our emotions, and our minds. Because it helps us uh, position ourselves in the presence of God. And it makes us God-conscious. Paul puts it like this when he wrote to the Romans. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And because when we become God conscious, um, we realize that we're continually in the presence of God and we can respond to being in his presence. And how do we do that? How do we respond to being in God's presence? Well, it says, with all our soul. The Hebrew word that has been translated to soul is nefesh. And it does not refer to a non-physical, immortal essence of a person that's contained or trapped in their body to be released at death. That's not what it means. What it means is your whole body, your being, everything about you. It refers to the whole person as a living physical organism. So to live prayerfully is to devote your whole physical existence to God. The God who actually created these amazing bodies. Think about all the things that we can do with the bodies that God created us with. We can create great works of art. We can design and build structures. We can be musically, or sorry, musical. We can um, contemplate complicated theories and understanding the universe that God created. We, We can cook and bake, which are my favorites. We can encourage, we can serve. We can walk alongside people. We can teach, and the list goes on and on. You know, I was meditating on Psalms 148, uh, verses 9 to 10 this week. And here's what it says. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lighting up the hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all you hills, you fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. And I'm thinking about how can a mountain praise God? How can animals praise God? How can a cow, think about this, how can a cow praise God? And I realized by being cows, that's, they're doing God's bidding because God created the cow to be a cow. And so when they're being a cow, they praise God. And he created humans to be humans. But because of the sin in our lives, it impedes us from actually fully understanding what it is to be truly human. And this is part of why Jesus came. He came to show us what it is to be truly human because the image that we were created in in the beginning is Jesus. That's why he gives us his Holy Spirit and we we talk about throughout Scripture that the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image of Jesus. And read the Gospels because Jesus gives us a great example of what it is throughout his life to be in the presence of God and to respond to being in the presence of God. He says this, he says, very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only... Um, he can do only what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So responding to being in God's presence is living prayerfully with all your entire being, with all your capabilities and all your limitations. Limitations, our limitations or our perceived limitations shouldn't stop us from living prayerfully jesus is not disappointed by our limitations jesus knows our limitations jesus was fully human he slept he ate he got tired he felt pain he was hurt and disappointed by his friends he also experienced death so he knows everything that we will ever experience in our life and because he knows our limitations I want to encourage you this morning that when we actually pray, we never pray alone. Jesus is praying for us, with us, and in us right now as we are sitting in this auditorium. Jesus is making our concerns known to God, and he's conveying God's will to us through Holy Spirit. So don't let your limitations prevent you from living prayerfully. And another way that we can live prayerfully in response to being in the presence of God is with all our strength. The word strength is a bit misleading here because the Hebrew word is miad. And this doesn't refer to muscle strength. I think a better English word to be translated here would be to use utmost, which means to the most extreme or amount And the the spirit of the text is trying to convey is that to devote all the opportunities and the possibilities that we come in contact with to God. My dad was an entrepreneur. He was uh, one of those people who believed in multiple revenue streams before it became popular. And what he did is he worked at General Motors in the the Scarborough van plant and so, but he also had a, a Newfoundland store on the corner of Birchwood and Ellesmere, and he had his hands in other things as well. And, um, and by being in his presence, like my siblings and our, we, we've learned from him to look at and see opportunities and take advantage of them. One of my favorite stories of my dad's entrepreneur is that when he was working in General Motors, he noticed that all the employees spent a lot of time uh, on their brigs trying to get coffee in the cafeteria. And so what my dad did is he said, well, you know what, here's an opportunity here. So he, he set up coffee stands all the way throughout the plant. And the plant is very large, so that way the employee spent less time getting coffee, and he supplied them with coffee, of course, at a, with a price. And so when you are in God's presence, when you are God conscious, understanding that you are continuously in God's presence, you will see the opportunities and the uh, the possibilities that he's providing for us, that we just need to step into to further his kingdom. He's going to show us all the possibilities and the opportunities that we get to use, we can use the money that he's given us for his kingdom. He's going to show us all the opportunities and the possibilities of using our possessions in order to further his kingdom. He's going to show us all the opportunities and the possibilities of how do we reach people on our street? How do we tell them about God? How do we live prayerfully and express the love that God has for them? about in your classroom or your workplace or your sphere of influence, when we're continuously understanding and paying attention, God is going to reveal this stuff for you. And all you need to do is step into it. I think as Christians, I'm not talking but I'm talking broadly as Christians, we need to start using our sanctified imaginations again and understanding how God is, is showing us these opportunities and possibilities. So this is what we mean to uh, when we say we rely on God. We mean that we confess our dependence on God for everything and seek to deepen our intimacy with Him by living prayerfully which we understand that prayer is an attitude of God consciousness and God surrender and we carry with us all the time. Every waking moment is to be lived in an awareness that God is with us and that he is actively involved and engaged in our thoughts and our actions, which helps us to define prayer, which prayer involves positioning ourselves in the presence of God and it is our response to experiencing his presence. And we do this by devoting our minds, our emotions, our total physical existence, our capabilities, our limitations, our skills, our talents, our opportunities, our poss- the possibilities, and all we have access to by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what it is to live prayerfully. And can you imagine what your life Can you imagine what our life would be or or the life of the church and the lives in the community around us would look like if we decided to live prayerfully every single day? That we would be conscious of how God is working and seeing those opportunities and possibilities. Imagine what we can do with this building. All the opportunities and possibilities that God has for us to further his kingdom. I believe our relationship with Jesus would become deeper and and rewarding and become fresh every single morning. I believe that we would actually experience more awe and wonder in our lives and the life of this church by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'd also believe that we would defeat every scheme of Satan that comes against us and we would actually be able to help others who are in bondage Just imagine for a moment the possibilities and opportunities if we truly value the invitation's access we have to God through Jesus, the creator of all things, where we can enter his throne room with unrestricted access. And so my prayer is that for our church here at Sixth Line that that would become a value to us that we would rely on God and that we would live prayerful lives so that way we can know and see and hear how God wants us to move, not only as individuals but corporately as a church, seeing those opportunities and possibilities using everything that God has given us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just work in our lives and unpack that for us in our own context what does it mean to live prayerfully what does it mean to look for the opportunities and the possibilities and how you want our lives to be and so father we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus name amen